Welcome to Sex Savvy, where nothing is off limits. I'm Kimberly Resnick Anderson, your host and creator of Sex Savvy. I've been helping couples and individuals achieve optimal sexual health for more than 25 years. I am ready to share my unique insights and sex-positive approach with the world. We'll talk about hang-ups, kinks, fantasies, and function, what's hot, what's not, and most importantly, how to become sex-savvy. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Sex Savvy. I'm your host, Kimberly Resnick-Anderson. Today's episode is part two of a two-part episode on hookup apps and what it's like to be single and in the big city and how men and women use these hookup apps to meet people to have sex and what the expectations are, what the etiquette is, and what the psychology is behind these hookup apps that are here to stay. This is the way that young people meet each other. And uh, that's not going to change anytime soon. If you tuned in last week, you heard my three guest panelists, Morgan, Kelsey, and Mia. They shared their insights and their personal experience and escapades. They each have their own opinions about the benefits and limitations of these apps. And I am excited to play part two of that interview for you in just a moment. The women share some comments that I found fascinating around when, how, and why they choose to have an orgasm when they're having sex with someone that they don't know. They talked about whether or not their partner is so-called worthy of receiving their orgasm and whether or not he or she earned that privilege to witness that orgasm. So it's really, really interesting stuff. If you tuned in to my episode on female orgasm, you will be able to relate to some of their sentiments. And please let me know if you relate to what these women shared about their orgasmic experience when they're having sex with virtual strangers. Before I move on and play that episode for you or that second half of that interview, I want to share some feedback that I received regarding my episode called My Penis is a Battering Ram. So I got a wide range of feedback uh, regarding that guest, my client Matthew, and some of the feedback was really violent and aggressive And some was supportive and understanding and positive. So I was really struck by the range and the intensity of the feedback. One listener wrote, he was articulate and honest. I got to give him that. But I feel sorry for him. Sex can be so loving under the right circumstances. Another female listener wrote in and said, I'd date him. Is he still single? So there you go, Matthew. Someone out there is interested. A couple of men and women experienced Matthew as pathetic and weak, and one listener referred to him as a pussy white male bitch. Um, So definitely interesting feedback there. A couple of people said they were not at all surprised that he was able to have sex with his ex after they broke up. A couple of people wrote in and said they had had similar experiences. One uh, listener referred to that as redemption sex, and another listener referred to that as goodbye sex. 
a couple of people also said they related to his uh, dislike of expectations and wished they could be in a relationship where people would just fully accept them for who they are and not try to change them. So there is a range of feedback for you on that episode. And I also have a sex IQ quiz for you today that you'll hear midway through part two of my interview with Morgan, Kelsey, and Mia. So let's get sex savvy. Have you communicated with men and the goal was to have sex? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yes? Totally. And you too, Morgan, with women? I mean, Where it was uh, like but, that I mean, both of you knew I, that... I, I have to say, there's two parts inside of the male. The there's male Morgan? The male Morgan. There's two parts. <laughs> there's like, I really want to get along with this person and have affection, relationship and stuff. And then there's another part that's like, yo, fuck. This is gonna fuck. You gonna fuck? Are you, is this gonna be a fuck? Oh, well, maybe we, oh, you're nice, but uh, yeah, that's a fuck. That's a fuck. I'm sorry. I don't know what it is. Maybe you'll help me evolve. But there's two parts, you know, which at the end of the day is just like, yeah, maybe it's gonna be sex. So are these two parts like competing all the time? I don't think they're competing. They're just both there. They live in the building. How many people go on these apps like, I just want to find some friends? Yeah, <laughs> I have some patients who do that. Yeah, right. Yeah, but you don't believe in that? I don't believe in that. I do. Really? Yeah. Like, I just want and to find I believe some, that there some... are people who just want to have sex, too. And they, does someone say, like, I'm super horny, just looking to have multiple casual sexual experiences? Well, um, yeah, that's what Tinder sort of become the grinder. I mean, because yeah. that's what yeah. grinder was, is. is. Yeah. Yeah. And my friend actually, he went to Argentina and he's like, it depends on where you are, too. He's like, I was in Buenos Aires and Tinder is straight like grinder here where you just match and someone's like, do you want to fuck or not? Yeah, I think that's what Tinder's becoming more and more. And as a guy, mostly we would love that a lot. We would be like, this is amazing. If every girl was like, hey, you want to hook up? I'd be like, you know, we're not as discerning. We should be, though. We should evolve to be like, yeah, I want to hook up, but who are you? So let's say out of 10 encounters where you meet up with someone and it's obvious that you're going to have sex, what percentage of that is good sex? And how many of those people do you ever see a second time? It's very rarely good sex. Rarely good sex? Yeah. And do you expect it to be good sex? I mean, depending on how they kiss and stuff. But yeah, I mean, it's... Even if I'm like being verbal, it's still like not great or it's much better for them. And what percentage of the time when you hook up with a stranger are you able to have an orgasm? Oh, I've talked to Morgan about this. I intentionally don't come with a lot of guys that I'm just newly sleeping with. Why? Because I feel like... This is such a weird perspective, but they don't deserve it. Oh, you don't want them to think that they got you off, that they're a good lover? They don't even know it half the time that if I fake or not. I'm just saying. Are you faking or just not? If I come with them, that requires a certain amount of respect of them. And they don't even ask half the time, did you come or anything like that, but if I like come with a guy, it's because I really like him. Even if it's the first time I've met him, it's because I have like a vibe for him and I'm like, yeah, I'm totally gonna. So your orgasm that you own and control is dependent on how I feel about the guy. How you feel about the guy. Yeah, and if he's worthy of my orgasm. Worthy of your (laughs) orgasm. Okay. Mia? Same. Really? Yeah. I have quite literally the same idea of like it's not sometimes I just don't want to come with certain guys. And I like the connection of like I like 
the fun and physical connection of sex, it, I don't necessarily need the orgasm at the end yeah. if it's someone I don't particularly care for. So you'd feel more comfortable displaying your pleasure if you like someone? No, I mean, I'm displaying it. Either way. Either way. Yeah. It's like clear that I'm like getting off, but I just don't come with some people. Because it's like, you have to be worthy of it or something like that. I just, you don't deserve that. That's like how I feel. So do you ever fake? Totally. You do fake. So it doesn't even matter to me how they view it. I'm like, you have not deserved my real orgasm. Gotcha. Mia, you get that? Yeah. It's like deserving and also just like a comfort level. Like, I don't know you like that. And like, this is just like a fun thing. So do you fake too? Yeah. You do? (laughs) Yeah. Morgan, can you tell when a woman's faking? I mean, not necessarily. <laughs> so hard for the only real verifiable thing, and I don't know if this is always the way, is like the one thing where you really completely know is if you're inside and you feel the spasm of the vagina. Correct. You're like, okay. Which a girl can also fake. You're like, yeah. just do some kegels. Yeah. You know. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, you know, but the, my feeling is, okay, cool. Like you did that, but like, I hate it. I personally hate it. Would you rather someone not fake and just not get off? A hundred percent. Yeah. But I'm also prone to be upset. So I can understand the need to do it. And so, you know, I have to figure out a way to make myself so non-confrontational because I think a woman is so worried to, you know, they need to fake it. Obviously, when someone's faking something, they're doing it because this, this person they're with can be volatile. Well, sometimes it's easier to fake it. Yeah, sometimes than to, like, just, things are coming to their natural conclusion. So you're just concluding, you kind of go with it. And Usually you don't even have to fake it. You just can be getting off making the sounds you make while you're having sex because it's pleasing. But you don't have to come to a conclusion. So, how sex-savvy are you? Let's take this week's Sex IQ quiz and find out. Okay, it's time now for this week's Sex IQ quiz. Question number one. According to the National Sleep Foundation, what percent of married couples prefer to sleep alone? Is it A, 2%, B, 6%, C, 12%, or D, 20%. So we've got 2, 6, 12, and 20. The answer, according to the National Sleep Foundation, is 12. 12% of couples sleep in separate rooms or one partner sleeps on the couch. Now, in my clinical experience, that number feels a little bit low to me. But of course, I have a biased perspective because the people that are coming to see me are experiencing sexual dysfunction or sexual concerns, and that would skew the number of couples that are sleeping separately. But according to a national study, more than one in 10 couples have separate beds. Question number two, what is the average age for both boys and girls to lose their virginity. So A would be boys at age 17.4 and girls at age 16.9. So basically 17 and 16. B, boys at 15.6 years and girls at 15.1, which would make the girls actually losing their virginity slightly earlier than boys. C, 
boys at age 12.5 and girls at age 14.5, or D, boys at age 18.3 and girls at age 19.2. So those are your options. I'm just going to give you the whole numbers. Boys at 17, girls at 16. Boys at 15 and a half, girls at 15.1. Boys at 12, girls at 14. Boys at 18, girls at 19. The answer is, according to the Kinsey Institute, A, boys lose their virginity on average at age 17.4 and girls on average at age 16.9. I was reflecting on that statistic as I thought about my caseload, and I have treated people who lost their virginity at age 12, and I also have people in their 30s and 40s who are still virgins. So quite a range there. But I would say that I tend to agree overall, based on my 25 years experience taking sexual history from over 4,000 men and women, that boys at 17 and girls at 16 sounds about right. Question number three, how many sperm are ejaculated when a man has an orgasm, a healthy man? Is it A, 40,000, B, 400,000, C, 40 million, or D, 40 billion with a B? The answer is 40 million. The average male ejaculates 40 million sperm each time he has an orgasm. Okay, question number four. The average length of a sexual encounter or session, not counting foreplay, is A, five minutes, B, 11 minutes, or C, 17 minutes. Five, 11, or 17? The answer is A, five. The average length of a sexual encounter, not including foreplay, is five minutes. Okay, question number five. What is the average length in the United States of an erect penis? Is it A, 4.91 inches, B, 5.16 inches, C, 5.78 inches, or D, 6.2 inches? Well, the answer is B. 5.16 inches. So a lot of you guys out there are probably feeling self-assured right now. And I do see lots and lots of men who are preoccupied with or disappointed by the length of their erection. And what I tell men and women is that long and thin does get in, but short and thick does the trick. Let's get back to my interview with Morgan, Kelsey, and Mia. Okay, let me ask this. If you're with someone and it was obvious that you were going to have sex, it was pretty much understood, and then you start to make out and there's no chemistry, do you feel like you could stop? Yeah. Yeah. You do. Yeah. You don't worry I've about... I've definitely, like, in the past, felt like I had to follow through because I didn't have the internal strength and know that I know what I know, where I had sex because I felt like I had to. Like yeah. obligated? 
Yeah, like obligated, but not in the way of like a man forcing something to happen. It just felt like this is what is supposed to happen. Like charity like, sex? Like no, goodwill? But, but there's like also a naivety like, of just more being like naive about we start hooking up and like this is where we were going the whole time. And, and also just yeah. like not having the strength because I used to feel like I got all the way to that. I'm in their apartment, you know, you owe them out. something. I suddenly feel like mm-hmm. I don't want to do this anymore. I, back in the day, definitely would just polite my way through the situation and have sex I definitely didn't want to have. And that is a form, I mean, I think the word's really extreme, but it is a form of forced sex because it's based off of power dynamics and like feeling like you need to do it because if you leave now, who knows what he's going to do, you know? Have you thought if I stop, he could get really mad and hurt me or rape me or yeah yeah it's not a solid yes but it's not a solid no either Mm -hmm. so it's kind of like okay let's go through the motions and I've been in that situation and felt absolutely horrible afterward and if you're having sex with a girl Morgan and she wants to stop would that super piss you off or not having sex but approaching sex having sexual contact it's frustrating I mean there was one time one time, one girlfriend where she said that, and I got upset and like was having sex, and it was actually just uncomfortable. And she was like, "Stop, stop!" And I was like, "Oh, I felt, you know, such a drive." And then I pulled out, and then I ripped the condom off and acted like a baby, like, "Oh, fine, then we'll have sex." Then it's frustrating because there's a large drive that's happening. Feels. Do you feel entitled sometimes? You know, I think it's an entitlement, but it's really more of an animalistic, like, like to express it. It's not like I'm owed this. I'm just like, like it's so animalistic. Monkey that you are, and then I have to stop. But you know, oftentimes it's like, okay, 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 okay. But like, if a woman knew the sensation of having a heart on, maybe I don't know. It's like a, how do you describe it? It's this force that's pushed into you it's like it's a project you've started and you're like oh god i have to stop this thing i mean women get like that too yeah i mean i recently had got a match went up and saw her and it was cool and connected and we were making out and just was like so much uncomfortable like you know my impulse is i'm so over this like i just want to go away from this person but like i don't know it's like well i'm with them i don't want to make them feel like i don't like them so i'm going to keep making out with them i'm going to keep hanging out with them but i honestly just want to get the hell out of here but I don't want to hurt this person's feelings, but I also like hooking up. It's also more of just, oh, cool, I'm doing this. I like doing this, but there's no connection between me and the person, really. It's just, I'm doing this, I'm making out with them, like kind of what you said, going through the motions. Like It's kind of old school, like, well, I want to get to the second base, I want to get to third base, because very teenagery, you know? But then, like, my more true self is like, I don't like this person, I don't want to be kissing them, I don't even know them. And I'm having that experience a lot. Yeah, yeah, I can hook up with this person, but I don't even know them. And like, it's so unenjoyable to just be like making out with this person because I can and it's kind of hot, but I have no connection to them at all. Do you feel that way ever, Mia? Yeah, totally. Just like you're, that's it. You're going through the motions. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, I'm not really crazy about this person. So why then? There is a level of fun to it, but it's not like that thoughtful kind of fun. It's like, I love their presence and I want more of them. It's like, you want more of the physical. Mm -hmm. Like, I love making out with people. So I want to keep making out because that's the thing I like to do. This person will suffice. And it's not like treating them as just a body, but it's a little (laughs) bit of 
I don't need to be so emotionally connected to them to enjoy what's happening here. Let's just do it. Kelsey? I mean, if I'm not really feeling the person, I usually, I'm okay if I'm not feeling them physically. I'm just like, well, then let's just enjoy the night. We've already made plans. Let's just get to know each other and maybe it'll just be two strangers that had a fun night and laughed about shit, which usually is my attitude walking into it. But if I'm not really feeling them and I know straight off the bat, sometimes I wish I could say that and just be like, you know what? The second I sat down, like I know that this isn't going to go that anywhere. That would be liberating, wouldn't it? It would be. Like I wanted to do that but you, before. But there's always the threat that this person could rape me or kill me? Well, no, there's always... Or just get upset. You just don't want to hurt their feelings, and that's really direct, and you don't know how much power it holds to them to to just tell them that. Right. They might think it's super personal and be like, well, what is it about me? And you're like, I just know I don't want to fuck you. Mm -hmm. Like, But you can't say that because at the same time, you've agreed to sit down with them. You might as well get to know them as a person if that's not there, if they're not even trying to, you know, make their personality shine, then I'm as kind as I can be. And I'm like, don't give any, a try and make conversation. I don't really give any signals that I'm into it. And even when I do that, they expect for us to hang out again. And I'm like, did you not notice (laughs) I'm not into this? Just because I'm being semi-kind and we kind of had conversations. So do guys misread a lot? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Do you feel like women misread? Yeah, I think so. I mean, maybe in a different way. I just recently had a thing where this woman, actually, I met her a long time ago on an app and went on a date and then she's rejected me and then we became friends and then I was like fine with it. And then she reemerged and had been rejected by someone because she said she was dating people. And then we hooked up and she's like, we're just going to be friends. I'm like, fine, we'll be friends. And we had sex. And then she became very like, driven romantically and so I was like okay you're totally misinterpreting she kind of assumed that I was in a relationship with her and it's no I'm we had sex twice I haven't even talked to you I have shown zero interest in you and you came back to my life and I don't want any of the things you want you've projected everything onto me you have no idea how I feel at all so if you do have sex with someone, you don't expect anything from them, a call, a date, nothing. It's very transactional. There, are... It depends if, if I'm just don't know if it's casual or going somewhere because it's nice and he's introduced me to his friends out of the blue or he wants to hang out and we have great sex and we're always laughing. This was a recent experience for me, like in October, this guy just kept me there. We'd go on like very specific to me a romantic date where he listened to what I like and he took me to it or like we went and met his friends like his friend's birthday party and I'm like really you want me to meet your friends this is like our third or fourth date but I guess we do really enjoy each other's company and we do have really good sex then like he didn't talk to me for a few weeks and I was just like okay so it's done I'm not even gonna fucking bring this up like I was mad but I was also like I just wouldn't have done all the things he did if I thought that this was casual. Exactly. So your threshold and his threshold for merging into each other's lives was really different. He also said, I asked him, I was like, I'm down to fuck and be this casual thing. But if we're going to do that, there's things you shouldn't do, like introduce me to your friends and ask me to sleep over every Did you give him that feedback? I did. He was like, I think that the best communication is 
not talking about that at all. I think that tells you exactly how I feel about it. And I was like, I don't know about that. Like, <laughs> no communication is the best way to communicate. So if someone invited you to meet their friends or family, Mia, what would that mean to you? How would you interpret that? I take that as a big thing. I'm not one Bigger to really than having sex, right? Way bigger. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would not bring someone around my friends unless I felt like it was a serious thing. So I take that meaning the same thing for them. If they're taking me around their friends and trying to like merge that group, especially if they're unrelated entirely, then I think that's pretty big because then, you know, it's different for everyone. But I imagine it as like that person is going to be in my friends and family's kind of mind forever of like, oh, what's going on with that person? It's like, yeah. oh, well, how do I explain to these people it's casual? Like, I don't want to give that explanation of like, we're friends who fuck. Like, I mean, friends, yes, obviously, but it's almost like an unnecessary, like if it's really not that, if we're really just fucking, I don't see why these things need to go together. If you mm-hmm. happen to be a cool person and we want to hang out, great, but that's few and far between. Mm-hmm. There's not a ton of people yeah. who I've had sex with who I'm also like, and I love hanging out with them and I want to know more about their friends and they should meet mine. It's more of like, mm, it's a good fuck and yeah. we're fine right and there. And how about when you sleep with women? Is that the same? Yeah. For you too, Kelsey? Yeah, it's usually just purely sexual when I sleep with women. Same. Even if we totally get along, it's just this nice, fun, uninvasive, we both see what it is for what it is. And we can talk about that too right away. We can just fuck each other. Or if they pull a move on me and we're on a date, just go for it. It's hot because I'm less afraid. Mm-hmm. And right, right. Yeah. Yeah. I find it. There's great. always that threat factor with a man. Yeah, yeah. For sure. But I experienced, not the threat factor, but the whole mixing friends thing. I experienced that platonically. If I have a new friend from work or what have you, and like I really enjoy their company and they're great. But you do kind of take some time to be like, hmm, what's the situation that I could just throw them in totally. my friend group and they will mesh? Because mixing friends at times is a big deal in and of itself. Mm-hmm. For sure. So it's not just a sexual thing in my mind. It's like a mixing people who are outside of each other's circles. It's always a big yeah, deal. Meeting yeah. each other's friends platonically is also, yeah, yeah, totally a big deal. Which I find is the most important part of relationship actually to me, which is my big hold up, always like, okay, attraction, interest, sex, but how is this person gonna relate to the people I relate to? Because I've had a lot of relationships where that didn't work and that's what makes me the most frustrated and sad and this is just like a pleasure, desire thing, which is not enjoyable, really, after a while. I mean, when I was younger, yeah, it's cool. I mean, like, my whole approach to relationships used to be just, this person's gonna fuck me, they're my girlfriend, Right. you know? And now it's like, okay, how does this person fit into my life and yeah. how, how much do I like being around them? The friendship thing is, and the relatability thing is way more important because sex is pretty empty, I think, without that, you know? Yeah. Getting back to the point of waiting, like I, for my longtime girlfriend that I'm not with anymore that I felt really deeply in love with, like we waited months and months before, we had hooked up and then went back to being friends and we had months and months of being around each other. And then like that first kiss when we got back together was insane, better than any sex I've had because there was so much built up chemistry and wanting and desire to where like a lot of these things, it's like I meet someone and fucking make out with them and have sex and it's just like, whatever. There's no passion to it. There's no buildup of all this underlying emotional reality that makes that first kiss so much better than like, okay, we met and had dinner and we made out, which is like fun, but there's the next level of like, there's so much between us. It's more romantic, I suppose. 
How many people, Mia, have you met on these apps? Not necessarily slept with, but just met. Met in person? Mm-hmm. I want to say like maybe 15. 15? Yeah. How about you? Probably about 20. 20? Just one. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> I think about like 12 to 16 or something. Okay. 18, I don't know. And how many have you slept with? Six. Maybe six, yeah. I think three. So what does hookup mean exactly? I mean, it could be a range of things. It could be just oral or messing around, not necessarily like full-on sex. Okay. Or it could be full-on sex. Same for you? Yeah, definitely oral. <laughs> I found that guys love to do that now. And I'm like, <laughs> cool, I can act like a guy and just leave after this. To <laughs> give you oral sex? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Me? Yeah. Oh, she talked to me. I was like, yeah, it's a fucking sweet hookup. Um, <laughs> making out, probably, and anything else? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Pretty much anything. Physical. Some yeah. kind of physical contact. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So there you have it, sex savvy listeners, straight from the horse's mouths Morgan, Kelsey, and Mia, three singles in the big city talking about their adventures and their sexual escapades. I hope you got some insight into how dating apps work and the trends that are currently manifesting. And if you can relate to any of these stories, if you have a great hookup story, or if you've noticed a trend in your dating world, reach out to me at Kimberly at sexsavvypodcast.com or leave me a message on my toll-free voice line 844-SEX-SAVVY You've been listening to Sex Savvy If you find value in this podcast please like, follow, share, comment or review on your favorite podcast app Your participation helps keep Sex Savvy free and available to all who are interested. Kimberly and the entire Sex Savvy team appreciate your loyalty and support.